Now this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the sons of Israel before his death. He said, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Horeb, and he came from the midst of ten thousand holy ones. At his right hand there was flashing lightning for them. Indeed, he loves the people. All your holy ones are in your hand, and they followed in your steps. Everyone receives of your words. Moses charged us with the law, a possession for the assembly of Jacob. And he was king in Jeshurun, when the heads of the people were gathered, the tribes of Israel together. Okay, so you see the Lord's uh, coming uh, to his people, his love for his people, his giving them the law. He was the king over his people. Um, you know, Moses reminds them of the greatness of God they have seen. I think especially think about God's appearance on Mount Sinai. You know, all the majesty and glory and awesomeness of the Lord. And, and the fact that God did give him his law. And he was king over them. As, what do you want to say to the people right before you're going to leave? You want to remind them of who the Lord is, how great he is, and how much respect we ought to have for him, and about all he's done for us. And so that, to me, is what he's doing. He's trying to depict the majesty of God on Mount Sinai, and uh, depict his love, and his law, and his authority and power over them, so they will really turn to the Lord, respect the Lord, and glorify the Lord in everything that they do. Thoughts and comments on that. So he starts giving a blessing to each of the tribes. More or less the tribes are the sons of Jacob. We'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, because I'm going to eventually talk about uh, the order of these. But I think we first need to look at what he says to each one. So uh, how about uh, 6 through 11? Let Ruby and Lib will not die, nor let his men be few. And this he said of Judah, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him. May you be a help against his enemies. And of Levi he said, Let your, uh, yeah, and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you have tested at Messiah, <clears throat> and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah who says to his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge his brothers or know his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Blessed, bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Okay. So, Reuben. What was Reuben's uh, claim to fame? The oldest. And what does he ask for Reuben? Life and what? population. Yeah. May he continue to exist and not be few. Yes. So that's a pretty brief little thing. Uh, Reuben was not the most noteworthy tribe, despite uh, his father being the... Uh, the firstborn. Do you remember why Reuben didn't have a greater position among the sons? 
equally too his father's concubine and was cursed yeah. because of that Genesis 35 22 that really hurt his whole family from there on out next when he mentions Judah um, hear O Lord the voice of Judah and bring him to his people with his hands he contended for them may you be a help against his adversaries so he's really asking for Judah uh, success in battle victory against his adversaries why would that be an especially appropriate prayer for Judah? Well, they're going to go into battle first. They were the ones who would lead the nation in battle. So praying for victory in battle is very appropriate to Judah. Levi. Now, he speaks of... Yes. Also for Judah, because it would become the kingly tribe, the leaders of the tribe of Judah would also be the ones leading the battle and, and being defender of the nation. Good point. Amen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Levi, what had Levi done that was really good that he mentioned? Jehovah's spear through um, a man and Moabites, or no, that's not right. Anyways, a, a foreign woman who were cavorting in the camp. Yeah, he, he's actually thinking about a different incident, similar, uh, in uh, Exodus 32, when the Levites killed about 3,000 of their fellow Israelites in one day in connection with that, uh, the golden calf. Now, you're uh, mentioning also in Numbers 25, when uh, Phineas, who was a Levite, took a spear and drove it through a man and a Midianite woman that he was uh, having relations with. So you've got both of those incidents, but especially from Exodus 32, they were willing to uh, kill their uh, kinsmen for sake of the Lord. We need to put up a few more chairs there, which I'll figure that out, I guess. Um, and, and that uh, that proved to be a very uh, very great blessing. I mean, the idea that they would choose the Lord over their family. And so you think about some of the special roles of the Levites. What's the special role of the Levites in verse eight? The decisions, the urim and the thummim. Which we don't understand very well, but it was some way of their being able to inquire of the Lord. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it was this at all, but I think this is the idea. Can you imagine two, um, two like checkers, and one side's black and the other side's white, and you throw them both up in the air, and if they both come down black, the answer's no, if they both come down white, the answer's yes. If they're one black and one white, the Lord didn't answer. That idea, how that was, what kind of a form the Urim and Thummim took, I have no idea. But it seemed to have been something that allowed a yes, no, or non-answer. And so the Levites were responsible for that. Uh, what else What were, else were they responsible for in verse 9? And 10, really, also. 
Teaching. Teaching. The covenant, the ordinances, the law. They were responsible to communicate and instruct the people in, in God's covenant law. And what else were they responsible for in verse 10? Incense and offerings. Yes, exactly. They offer the sacrifices. They take care of the tabernacle service. So he's asking God's blessings on the Levites. They have a very special role for the people. And, and, and accept the work of his hands, shatter the loins of those who rise up against him and those who hate him so that they will not rise again. He doesn't request for them military prowess, but protection from their attackers. After all, the Levites didn't join the army. You know, so they don't need military success. They need security. They need protection. But the Levites have a very special, very important role. So we've got Reuben, Judah, and Levi. Comments or questions through verse 11, Matt? Could you uh, explain what in verse 8 you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I was talking about, those discs, kind of like, that it was a way, some kind of device whereby they could ask questions of God, and God would answer. Okay. Yeah. I got the end of that part. Yeah, yeah, and we don't understand how it worked. We don't really know what form the Urim and Thummim took, but something like thinking about checkers that are black on one side and white on the other gets the idea across whatever form the Urim and Thummim actually worked. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> Did the Levites do something special at Massa and Meribah? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know either what to say about that. Somebody have a good answer on that? What happened there exactly? What story was that? Um, and look, I think Exodus 17. Right. Exodus. Yeah. Exodus 17, when they were complaining about the water... And then, do we also name it, uh, let me see, in Numbers 20, um, is where Moses struck the rock. Um, and they were called the waters of Meribah also, in Numbers 20, verse 13. More than that, I don't know. Other questions are coming. Alright, um, how about uh, 12 to 17? Of Benjamin he said, May the beloved of the Lord dwell in security by him, who shields him all the day, and he dwells between his shoulders. Of Joseph he said, Blessed of the Lord be his land, with the choice things of heaven, with the dew, and from the, di- from the deep lying beneath, and with the choice of yield of the sun, and with the choice of, and with the choice produce of the months, and with the best things of the ancient mountains, and with the choice things of the everlasting hills, and with the choice things of the earth in its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the earth, let it come to the head of Joseph, and to the crown of the head of the distinguished one among his people, as the firstborn of his ox, Majesty is his, and his horns are the horns of the wild ox. With them he will push the peoples. Yeah. All at once to the ends of the earth, and and those are the ten thousands of Ephraim, 
And those are the thousands of Manasseh. Okay, so he speaks about Benjamin in verse 12, and what does he want for Benjamin? Security, closeness to God. Um, what was made? What were Benjamin's claims to fame in terms of the history of Israel? He was the youngest. He was uh, one of the. He and Joseph were both the favored sons of the favored wife. He was taken. Whenever he went to Egypt with his brothers, he was the one who was who was supposed to stay in captive. He had the cup in his bag and, and all of that. Sure. Right, what about later Benjamin tribe developments? Saul came from, Saul came from there. But almost didn't because they almost got wiped out at the end of Judges. They did, yes. Was Ethan a Benjamin? Hey, he was. I believe I'm right on that. Anybody confirm that? Ehud was a Benjamin, right? I think so. Did they have a bunch of left-handed? They did. Yes, and that's probably why we did that. But I think that's right. <coughs> yes, Ehud was a Benjamin. All right, very good. Thank you. Um, and then um, Jerusalem was more or less in the tribe of Benjamin, so that made Benjamin important as well. All right, and then Joseph. Now, I don't remember the tribe of Joseph. <laughs> Do you? What happened to the tribe of Joseph? It was divided into two tribes. Explain. Uh, there was Ephraim and Manasseh. Well, who were they? Okay. Why did why was there tribes for each of Joseph's two sons and not a tribe of Joseph himself? Joseph was, in essence, taken away from his father when he was sent into slavery and then so he received a double portion when he was restored to his father is one way to look at it and therefore the two sons were adopted by his father the double portion is normally the portion who first born but Reuben gave that one up Reuben gave that one up so Joseph was the second one third one he was the firstborn of Rachel. He was number 11, but he was the firstborn of a favorite wife, so he ended up getting firstborn status. A double portion of the inheritance because each of his, his two sons were on the same level with the other sons. So two of the grandsons were tribes just like the rest of the sons. So there's a tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. He made it official in uh, Genesis 48, verse 5. He did, exactly. Which one was older, Ephraim or Manasseh? Yes. Manasseh. Manasseh. Which one was the favored tribe? Ephraim. Ephraim. Yeah. We have that all over Genesis, don't we? And uh, so he's praying for Joseph tribes, jo- Joseph's tribes, like blessings of prosperity, especially, uh, and, and victory, and... Uh, and uh, he speaks of the ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. So you see the priority of Ephraim, the younger of Manasseh. But he's praying that they would have all the best things that God could uh, give them. So Moses blesses the tribes of Reuben, Judah, Levi, Benjamin, and the Joseph tribes, which would be Ephraim and Manasseh. Comments or questions on those? Then 18, let's go ahead and do 18 to 25. 
Of Zebulun, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going forth, and Issachar in your tents. They will call people to the mountain. They will offer righteous sacrifices. They will draw out the abundance of the seas and the hidden treasures of the sand. Of Gad, he said, Blessed is the one who enlarges Gad. He lies down as a lion and tears his arm, also the crown of his head. Then he provided the first part of himself for himself, for there the ruler's portion was reserved. And he came with the leaders of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his ordinances with Israel. And then, and of Dan he said, Dan is a lion's wealth that leaps forth at frustration. Of Naphtali he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord, take possession of the sea and south. Of Asher he said, more blessed than, than sons is Asher. May he be favored by his brothers, and may he dip his foot in oil. Your locks will be iron and bronze, and according to your days, so you leisurely walk So will your leisurely walk So here are some of the less prominent tribes, and there's less said about them. He speaks of Zebulun and Issachar together. We'll talk about in a minute. They were brothers, full brothers. And they're mentioned together a lot. They were mentioned together in Genesis 49. They're essentially together in Judges 5. Um, and, and he's asking for uh, Zebulun and Issachar uh, to offer righteous sacrifices, to have, find the hidden treasures, to be blessed. Um, which one was older, Zebulun or Issachar? Issachar. And yet Zebulun is mentioned first. Oh, you see, we so often have those inversions. And then he speaks about uh, Gad, and uh, he speaks of him providing the first part for himself, the ruler's portion. Now, I wonder why he'd speak of Gad getting the first part. What do you remember about Gad's inheritance? He was. He was one of the two and a half tribes who got his part first. And the part that they've actually already granted to him, it was Gad and what other tribe and a half? Half of Manasseh and Reuben, yeah. So they were were those. That's probably the, the point there. And then he speaks of Dan, shortest reference, typically, uh, that's the case. Uh, Dan is a lion wealth, lion's wealth that leaps forth from Bashan. Whatever that means. Um, what do you remember about the tribe of Dan? They got pushed out. They got pushed out of their land. Their land by the Amorites who wouldn't let them settle there. So what did Dan eventually do? They moved into the mountains. They they, uh, they they decided to find their own inheritance. They moved up to what from what in what direction? the very northernmost extreme, the city of Laish, they conquered them and migrated up there and set up their own own tribe and their own city and their own idol worship center. Remember, they got Jonathan 
uh, Micah's high priest, who wasn't even a priest, he was just a Levite, who had uh, stole the images and idols from Micah to help stock the new sanctuary for the tribe in Dan. So uh, pretty much from the earliest days, Dan had their own religion. And uh, you remember another claim to fame of Dan a little later on? Samson. Samson was from Dan. The northern golden calf. Yes. You would expect that that would be a perfect place for one of the golden calves. They've been worshiping God their own way for generations. And it's the northernmost extreme, so they put calves at the north and at the south, Dan and Bethel. So uh, Dan is like the uh, most unfaithful of the tribes. In Revelation 7, when he goes through the 12 tribes of faithful servants, Dan is not included. And, uh, but here, just kind of uh, an obscure reference to Dan. Naphtali, he prays for a favor and blessing. Asher, which was in the far northwest, uh, may be blessed. May he dip his foot in oil. What do you usually do with oil? Yeah. So, you know, to bathe your feet in oil seemed pretty extravagant, you know, uh, a little more than just uh, putting a little oil on your head. So he's asking that God would greatly bless them. Now I'm going to talk uh, next about kind of like how he organized these tribes as he goes through. But you have comments or questions through verse uh, 25. Yes. Um, where are Simeon and Issachar? Uh, Issachar is uh, in verse 18. Simeon oh, is right. nowhere to be found. Okay. Uh, could there be a reason for that? Yes. What? Well, Levi and Simeon, uh, because they destroyed the men of Shechem, they were kind of cursed to not have any territorial rights. They would, their cities would be scattered within other <laughs> tribes. Exactly, and for the Levites, that actually turned out to be something that made them quite useful. They had 48 cities, basically four to a tribe, all over the rest of the Israelites, so they could be spread among the Israelites and teach God's will. There's a way in which the Levites almost recovered their position. You know, the faithfulness of the Levites in Exodus 25, Exodus 32, and so forth, was very helpful in that. But Simeon, what did they get tribal inheritance-wise? Their portion was within the tribe of Judah, and they ended up being essentially swallowed and engulfed by Judah. Yeah, Simeon just got some cities inside of Judah, exactly. So they didn't really have a tribal inheritance. Simeon ends up apparently almost migrating to the north. We don't understand all about that. But there were people from Simeon who would come down from the north and join with Asa and things like that in 2 Kings 15. So... I'm not sure where Simeon really ended up, but they're just a non-entity here. Uh, not that there isn't a tribe of Simeon at this point, but uh, it's interesting. They got totally ignored in this. So that's a very good observation. I appreciate you asking about that. Other questions or comments? Yeah, Andrew. Which of Joseph's sons did we say was older? The older one was Manasseh. Manasseh, yes. But Ephraim was the dominant one. Caleb. Um, I don't know if there's any similarity here. But in Genesis 49, verse 9, it says here that Judah is a lion dwell. And here it says that Dan is a lion dwell. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know what you're doing. Probably there's something, but I don't know exactly what. So that's a good good observation. You, you were talking about Asher. You think, um, the, uh, bathing his foot in oil. 
apparently. To be honest, my first thought is, I hope they're making some very good, very interesting pancakes with that. <laughs> but, my, but my second thought is, he's very, very blessed, but then he doesn't, according to this blessing from Moses, but then he doesn't use any of it, because they can't, they are, along with most of the other tribes, they fail to drive out the, the Canaanites in Judges, but they're so bad that it's, it doesn't say that the Canaanites stayed with them. It says they lived among the Canaanites. Judges 1. And that, that just always stands out as, really, guys? <laughs> that sort of thing. Well, and you see then how much potential tribes had that they didn't take advantage of because of their unfaithfulness. That's true of every tribe in one sense or another. So we had a good point. Alright, think about how he organizes these tribes. Um, first of all, you might think about just geographical order. Now, there's not a precision geographical order, but where was Reuben? Yeah, right hand side of the Jordan, furthest tribe south. Where is Judah? Yeah, on the main land, main part, the south most. Levi's everywhere. Then where's Benjamin? Just north of Judah. Where are the Joseph tribes? Northeast. Yeah. Ephraim and Manasseh in the mainland are just north of Benjamin. Now the half tribe on the right hand side is up. Uh, and then uh, Zebulun, Gad. Dan, Naphtali, Asher are, except for Gad being in the middle on the right hand side, are all more northern. So roughly we're souther to norther. Uh, not exactly, but roughly. But think about them by birth mom. You remember those? So. Leah's children, and then. Reuben's Leah's child. Judah is. Leah. Leah. Levi is. Leah. Benjamin is. Rachel. Rachel. Joseph is. Rachel. Uh, Zebulun and Issachar are Leah. So we have Leah, Rachel, Leah. And then Gad. Yeah, that's right. Leah's handmaid. And then Dan, Bilhah, Rachel's handmaid, Naphtali, Rachel's handmaid, and Asher, Zilpah. Very good. So we go uh, uh, Leah, Rachel, Rachel, Leah in terms of the handmaids. We go Leah, 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 Rachel, Rachel, Leah, Leah in terms of the actual, uh, you know, children of those wives. I don't know what to make of that, but it's kind of interesting. It's always kind of interesting to look at that. I think there's probably some, there's some pattern there, but I don't know exactly why he did it that way. Matt? What was the reason why Manasseh got split? Half of them wanted to stay on the right-hand side of the Jordan River is all I know to say. It was the descendants through Maker. One of uh, Manasseh's sons, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, but I don't know why they didn't all want to, and only half of them wanted to. Wasn't the right side uh, less abundant earth-wise? Uh, no, I don't think so. But it was more, it was separated by the Jordan River from Canaan itself. But they wanted that land because it was a good pasture land. You know, it was, a, it was kind of a table, kind of a plateau, but it was, it was like the Great Plains, so it was good for their cattle and things. 
Other comments or questions on this? All right, uh, 26 to 29. There is none like God, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrust out the enemy before you, and say, destroy. So Israel lived in safety. Jacob lived alone in a land of grain and wine, whose heavens dropped down dew. Happy are you, O Israel! Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, and the sword of your triumph? Your enemies shall come fawning to you, and you shall tread upon their backs. Okay, now, this is interesting. Verse 26, there's none like the God of Jeshurun. We use Jeshurun for God's people, the upright one. That may be almost an irony at times. But, but there's none like the God of Israel who rides the heavens to your help and through the skies in his match. That's for sure. You know, there is nothing. There's no one like God. You know, God is the one who uh, helps them. He's the one whose word is fulfilled. You know, he's the one who drove out their enemies and provided security and prosperity for them. Now look at verse 29. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. God is incomparable. There's no one like him. He makes his people incomparable. There's no one like his people because there's no other people who has a God like their God. Monica. Well, I wondered if he used the two things. I mean, I know they're talking about the same people, but... Um, if Jeshurun, he's referring to them, they are cooperating and being what they should be, and Israel, since that's the name that means one who wrestles with God, that he still delivers them. Yeah, although that reference in 32.15, but Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. Now, he may be saying they became un-Jeshurun-like. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. But certainly he uses it in context of them forsaking God. So, I don't know, maybe so. But, but wow, they are, they are made a special people by what God has done. They, God saved them. God, their shield and their sword, their enemies cringe before them. It, it's certainly never that Israel is that in and of herself. Israel's nothing by herself. I mean, you know, he's already said in like, you know, Deuteronomy uh, uh, 9, it's not because you're so great that you're not at all. It's not because you're so righteous. You're the epitome of not. But it's because of what God did for them that they are incomparable. They are special and unique. They're, there's no one really like them. You know, isn't that amazing? When you have a God like none other, he makes you a people like none other. And so I think this is very encouraging to think about that. We are, as God's people, we are special. We are unique. We are incomparable. But don't ever think, oh, wow, it's because we were so awesome. Not at all. We were not anything. You know, you, everything you look at in the New Testament will show you that. It's by the grace of God. It's amazing what God can do with such incredibly unpromising material. Thoughts and comments? Alright, uh, why don't we take our break, and then we'll uh, finish Deuteronomy. And-